I'd like to thank Dare Academy for sponsoring this episode. A few years ago, when I was really going through the absolute worst of my anxiety, I dealt with constant panic attacks. I had honestly multiple panic attacks a day, and I had no idea how to manage them. At the time, I actually found a program by the creator of Dare Academy, and it helped me tremendously to better understand my panic attacks, and I actually was able to work through them when I was out instead of just completely leave wherever I was. Dare Academy is a new online program for overcoming anxiety for good. It's a self-study step-by-step program that you can take at your own pace. It covers everything that we talk about here in the community, including panic attacks, generalized anxiety disorder, phobias, intrusive thoughts, and of course, health anxiety. When you sign up, you'll also have access to some cool bonuses like training on how to overcome driving anxiety, which I know is a big one for so many of you guys. If you'd like to sign up, then go to honestlyholistic.com dare and you'll save $50. Good evening, guys. I say good evening because... I usually record these in like during the day, sometimes in the early evening, but I've I seem to have gotten into a habit of recording these late afternoon, early evening, sometimes in the morning, but very rarely. But it's actually 10.03 p.m. right now, and I am sitting down to have a chat with you now. It's taken me a good while to actually sit down and start recording this episode. I probably outlined that I sat with my little notebook that I have whenever I'm doing an episode and there's a lot of information that I want to try and get out to you guys. Probably a week or two ago I sat and I outlined everything that I wanted to talk about in this episode and then I told myself I'll wait till the perfect day when I'm feeling really good and I know that I can sit down and talk for an hour and it's this is when we try to wait for that perfect moment <laughs> that is when time just goes by and suddenly a few weeks have gone by and i still haven't done it i knew that this was going to be a more in-depth episode so that's why i've been kind of waiting to feel really good because i want to make sure that i give you all the information that you need but this is this is the problem. I can be really hard on myself. And I know you guys can, like, so many of us can be really hard on ourselves. And I have been trying to take my own advice and the advice that I give you guys to just be a little gentler with myself. This doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, you guys know that when I sit and chat to you on my stories or when we when I sit down here and talk to you, it's not this perfect thing where I'm just knowing exactly what to say. It's it's often a little bit of a ramble and you guys have told me that that's what you like. One of the biggest compliments that I can could ever get and I was actually reading through some of your reviews tonight that I hadn't actually seen before was where you guys say that it feels like a friend is talking to you. You feel like I'm your friend and we're just having a chat. I can't even tell you how much that means to me because that is exactly how I wanted this podcast to feel. I wanted it to feel casual. I wanted you to feel safe. I wanted you to feel like I'm your friend because I am. So far this year, I think I have brought out one episode. <laughs> um, and it wasn't even real. It wasn't an anxiety based episode. It was just me reading some poetry to you because that's what I felt like doing. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it if you've had to listen to that one. But I had promised myself that 
once a week I'm going to bring out an episode and here we are the second month of the year and (laughs) I'm recording the official first episode of the year but you know what at least I'm here now and I'm here with you and we're doing this I was feeling this today the whole day has been very up and down I will be extremely honest with you my mood has been stable one minute and then the next minute I am really unhappy and I have I have all this overthinking going on so this evening I've slowly started to feel a little bit better kind of (laughs) and I just thought you know what I really feel like getting on here and talking to you so I'm just gonna do it I don't care what the time is I am I do not go to bed early ever um I really like my bedtime midnight is early for me so here we are and let me not drag out this intro. So I actually am getting my period in about eight days again. Like, what the heck? I feel like I I am always getting my period. <laughs> I feel like the amount of times I sit down and chat to you guys just on my stories and I'm telling you, oh, my period is due soon. And then I hear myself and I think, again? <laughs> it's it's frustrating. It really is. But um, so... My period is due in about eight or nine days, and I am dealing with a lot of bloating this month, and the past few months have actually been, by the way, I haven't even said what this episode is about. You would have seen from the title. I would have let you guys know, but this episode is going to be about anxiety and hormones, specifically periods, because that's what I have experience with right now. Of course, I'm not... um, I'm not perimenopausal or menopausal, but any kind of hormonal changes can definitely have an impact on anxiety and stress levels. So in this episode, I want to talk about my experience with anxiety and hormonal changes during my period, during ovulation, stress and hormonal imbalances and all of that good stuff. I'm going to get in as much as I can. And I'm going to try to not overthink it because I have to realize that I'm not a doctor. So I can only really give you my experience and things that I've learned. Sometimes I'm really hard on myself and I think you have to give all this scientific information and all these studies to back you up. But I'm always just sharing my story. Like I'm always just sharing things from my perspective, things that I've learned. Um, Of course, if you want to dig deeper You can definitely go do your own research. Although Google, of course, as we know, can be very tricky. But um, if you have any serious concerns, I always have to say, like, go and check in with your doctor. Um, If you feel like your doctor's not listening to you or you don't like how they're not um, taking into consideration your lifestyle and things like that, a naturopathic doctor is always an option. Um... But anyway, that went off on a whole different thing. So let's get back to it. As I was saying, I am definitely experiencing some bloating this month. Bloating is something I have always experienced. Um, and not just during, not just before my period, like throughout the month. And I'll get into, I'll get more into that in a little bit. But I have noticed that the past couple of months, my bloating has been much better and the only thing that I can put that down to is evening primrose oil. That That's the one new thing that I added in. And it's very rare for me to not be like super bloated before my period. 
Um, but honestly, the bloating I noticed has been much better, which is honestly strange. Um, but the last, my last period and this one that's coming up, I'm very bloated. And guess what? I stopped taking it. So I've only just recently started taking it again. And it, it does take some time to build up in your system. But the reason that I stopped taking it was because I was taking these other pills for my hair. Um, that is another story on its own. Um, I was noticing a lot of hair loss and then I kind of panicked about that. A lot of people told me that if you've had COVID, then a few months later you may notice a lot of hair shedding, which I absolutely was. So I started on these hair pulls. Um, I have a bunch of good stuff in it. And they these massive pulls and you take them three times a day. And I kind of thought to myself, well... I don't know if I should take evening primrose with it and it feels like too much and maybe these will be just as good but I mean evening primrose is its own thing it's completely different so I've just started back on that and I'm hoping that it will click in soon because the bloating is not fun so I was only going to talk about evening primrose later in this episode when I'm sharing some things that have helped me but being me, of course, I'm going to throw things in at random. Um, so let's, let's go back to the beginning. Let's, let's, let's go way back. Let's go back to when I just started my period. How about that? So most girls that I was at school with started their period around the age of 12. Like that year that you're 12 turning 13. And my birthday is quite late in the year. Um, it's in October, so I just figured, you know what, I have time, you know, it's it's still a while before I turn 13, I'll probably get my period this year. It was this thing where it was exciting and it was cool when you got your period because now you're a woman, right? So I was just feeling really left behind because one girl after the other was getting her period. And I was very, I didn't really, like I was very, I don't, want to say innocent I was very young like I didn't really understand things and this one girl who had had her period for a while she came to me one day and like at school and like the whole way and she said to me she looked really worried and had something to tell me and I was like are you okay what's going on and she said no like my aunt my aunt in the red car just arrived and I had no idea <laughs> I had no idea that that meant that you have your period. Like, I didn't even have my period, okay? So I honestly thought that she had an aunt at, <laughs> that had arrived at the school in a red car. And I was like, oh, like, why are you so... I don't remember what happened or what her response was or what, like, how it went from there. But I just remember being completely baffled and saying to her, like oh, like, why are you so worried, though? Like, I didn't understand. Um, and then I think she asked for a tampon or a pad or something, and then it clicked with me. Um, and of course, you know, I didn't have anything because I didn't have my period yet. <laughs> so I was feeling quite left behind. And I would pray to get my period. Um, I know. I know. I would pray to get my period. I had no idea what I was in, like, what was in store for me. Um, and then I actually only started my period, um, I think it was, it was either right before I turned 15 or just after, like literally a few days after. It was like 
right around my birthday where I turned 15. So I got my period pretty late. My grandmother got her period at nine years old, which is in insane actually. And maybe you got it early yourself or know someone who did as you're listening to this because obviously we're all different. Um, I think my mom got hers at the average age of around 12. So I was a late bloomer. There was nothing to kind of let me know that I was going to get my period. I think I could feel something. I didn't have any cramps or anything like that. So it was really just, oh wow, the blood has arrived. And because it wasn't a scare, it wasn't a terrifying thing for me just because I was expecting it. Like I knew what a period is and I was expecting it. And I mean, I didn't have any pain or anything. So I was thinking, well, you know, it's not that bad. But when you just start your period, it takes a while for your body to kind of adjust and regulate. So you can go for a few months with it being really irregular, even longer than that. And I think the first year, um, my period was quite irregular, just kind of, you know, my body kind of getting used to this whole new thing. And I don't think I dealt with pain initially. Then when the pain did start for me, either when I was still 15 or I was definitely 16, it was agony. It was absolute agony. And I didn't understand how I had seen girls for years with their period at school. And like, it seemed as if they were managing it okay. Some of them didn't need to take painkillers ever. And I was really confused. And it's a scary thing when you see everyone kind of managing something and then you experience this pain that is just my pain and i'm i'm not exaggerating it was so bad that i would i would honestly want to throw up i would spend the first like as my period was coming as it started i would spend my time hanging over the toilet waiting to vomit um i would the 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 pain was just unreal the pain was just unreal and then my mom told me that my grandmother had suffered with severe period pain as well. And she can remember growing up, um, her mom would always be on the floor crawling around in absolute agony. Uh, and she, my grandmother had been diagnosed with endometriosis. Now, I can do a separate episode where I just talk about my extremely painful periods and my possible endometriosis because I had all the same signs as my grandmother. Um, so I've actually pulled up here on my phone. Yes, I've Googled. Um, you're not allowed to, and I'm just, I'm just teasing you, but I just want to read exactly what's on here to try and explain what endometriosis is. So endometriosis is an often painful disorder in which tissue similar to the tissue that normally lines the inside of your uterus called the endometrium grows outside your uterus. It most commonly involves your ovaries, fallopian tubes, and the tissue lining your pelvis. Rarely, endometrial-like tissue may be found beyond the area where pelvic organs are located. So, basically, I had all the same symptoms as my grandmother, and one of the most, one of the biggest symptoms of endometriosis is extreme, agonizing pain. I actually put something up on my story about endometriosis, and somebody replied to me who has children, and she told me that the pain is the same as like early to mid labor pains. Um, and 
I don't I don't doubt it because I can't imagine like I, I can't sit here and talk because I don't have a baby I don't have children and I have never given birth so I'm not going to sit here and try and say how I think the pain is because I'm sure it is agony but I mean having this woman say that it just made me realize how intense my pain has actually been every single month so I didn't go to the doctor to try to get diagnosed with endometriosis or anything. I'm not sure why. My mom had very intense periods as well. Um, she would get pain, but it was more very heavy periods. And so I had extreme heavy periods, um, lots of blood clots and stuff, and obviously the pain. And then there's lots of other symptoms that go with endometriosis. Um, there's things like, so the bloating is one, just as I was talking to you guys earlier, the bloating is one. Um, and intense bloating, like Google endo belly and you'll see how bloated you can get. And that's pretty much me right now. I'll be completely honest. Um, when I'm stressed, I tend to notice more bloating. And I've been a little bit stressed lately about some stuff and I haven't been sleeping the best. And boom, my stomach just bloats like crazy. And then joint pain, I've always dealt with joint pain and I've only recently thought maybe it's connected to that and fatigue and all of these different things. Um, so painful periods and heavy periods is something that I've become very, I've, I've really become used to it. Um, and whether you have endometriosis or not, heavy painful periods is a nightmare and it's really difficult if if there's other people that don't like like when I was at school for example I remember being in high school and really suffering with my periods and needing to take days off of school um, like at least two to three days off of school every single month because I was in that much pain and I wouldn't be able to move at all it was it was terrible and when I would go back to school School wasn't the best time for me. Um, there were just a there were just some mean girls and things, and when I would I remember I went back to school once, and I hadn't I had been at home for a few days, and I was on my way to my next class, and one of the teachers was standing like in the stairwell because I was we were just taking the stairs. And she said, she said something like, oh, where have you been? You haven't been at school. And then one of the girls um, who went to the same school, school as me said, um, in Afrikaans, because we, we have like different languages there, but I'm not going to say it in Afrikaans. But she just said, yeah, like she's, um, she's being really dramatic with her period pain and stuff. You know, we all still come to school, but she just has to take off every month. And the teacher, and then the teacher literally laughed, like they, they thought that was funny, and I felt so embarrassed, and it just wasn't, school was just not a good time for me. And then being the type of person that I am, I feel like if I had this personality that I have now, if I was who I am now back then, I would not have kept quiet. I would have said, hey, what is your problem? <laughs> like, I would not have kept quiet. Um... I don't know if you guys can hear that. That's really annoying. Um, those are my rings because I wear multiple rings on my fingers. So I'm going to take that off. But um, 
it was it was just I would start to question myself like instead of standing up for myself I started to think maybe I am being dramatic maybe everyone has these pains and I just can't handle it it was it was awful and then as I got older I met some people who struggle with their periods and it was really validating and nice and that's why I love this community and connecting with you guys because whenever I share something on my story on Instagram there's always at least one of you guys who knows exactly what I'm talking about and it's just so nice to connect with you guys and so validating and I hope that I can always do that for you so this is just how I continued for a few years. I, I just accepted that I have painful periods. It just became something that, just like with my anxiety, it just became something that I accepted. I didn't, I, I just thought this is it. I have painful periods. There's nothing that can be done. We all get different periods and that's just what I got. So I just have to accept it. Um, I didn't know, just like with anxiety, I didn't know you know that there's things in my life that may be making it worse and that stress can be contributing and the foods that I was eating and so many different things. So when I was around, mm, I want to say 17, yeah, I was 17, my mom suggested that we go to the doctor and just see what my options are um, to help me kind of manage the severe pain, right? I, I just realized, I just said that I... I managed for a few years like that, but it was really only a year, and then I went to the doctor a year later when I was 17. So it was a year of agony, or more than, it was maybe like a year and a half. It was a year and a half of agony, and I was just, I was so tired and fed up, because as my period would end, it would feel like it's already starting again. And here's another big thing, so before I talk about my doctor visit, let's get into this. So it's not like I would have a good month, and then when I got my period, that's when I experienced symptoms. I would get symptoms a full two weeks, a full 14 days before my period even started. I would get pain in my in my lower stomach. I would get pain in my back. I would get, like I said, I would always get the random joint pain on and off. I would get more time. I was exhausted. I was exhausted and really like all the time. My anxiety levels peaked always and the way that I would describe it was I felt extremely on edge um, and I guess you could put that down to you know knowing your period is coming it's creeping closer and you know that once it starts it's that anticipation of knowing that you're going to have to deal with so much freaking pain I'm not sure if I said this at the beginning of the episode but I made myself some mint tea um, I love spearmint tea but lately I've been enjoying peppermint it's the, any kind of mint tea is good for bloating so i just wanted to throw that in there um it's good to help you focus as well spearmint is very good for anxiety actually for helping to calm your nerves so i just wanted to throw that in um but as for the symptoms and i've done quite a few posts on instagram about the symptoms that you can experience during hormonal changes whether that's ovulation before your period um if you're going through menopause, any kind of hormonal changes can intensify anxiety symptoms. And some of the top ones for me, now let me, because now you see like I have to just think off the top of my head here. I have to try and remember. I might pull up one of my posts actually just to be sure I include everything. Okay, so the first one, 100% is dizziness. I've always struggled with dizziness due to just anxiety in general, but 
in the lead up to my period or also during ovulation sometimes it would be even worse during ovulation to tell you the truth it just depended on the month like what the month wanted to throw at me but um the dizziness would always get worse leading up to my period and during the time when my period symptoms were bad a good two weeks before that was really annoying um it's just this feeling of being floaty and like being it's it would always be different for me and that's why sometimes when i say dizziness it's i think when i say dizziness we kind of think of dizziness as in the room kind of spinning kind of thing like you know like when you're tipsy and the room is spinning um or when you turn around like a bunch of times you know and like you're just playing around and then you're like all dizzy and you can't oh like you can't grab onto something yes you can you can experience dizziness to that extent and i have i have experienced that but for me it was more it's just a feeling of being just being weirdly off balance like i never felt like i'm thinking now because there was one time in particular when i was out on a walk um, and my period, I, I didn't realize that my period was actually so close. And I remember walking and at this day I experienced really bad heart palpitations, which would always send me into a panic. That's another top symptom here, especially during hormonal changes are the heart palpitations. But I remember just feeling like I, I was, would, was looking ahead of me as I was walking, but it felt like things were just not in focus and weird like it felt like I could tip over at any moment a lot of people describe it as feeling like the floor is not stable under your feet which is a good way of describing it but there's a lot of different ways to describe it and that's why I'm always asking you guys to share your own experiences because I can share mine and maybe some of you can relate to it and maybe some of you can't maybe it feels different for you so the lightheadedness and that off-balance feeling was probably one of my scariest symptoms along with heart palpitations a racing heart is something that I just, I just, I don't, I don't want to say got used to it, but it was something that I was just, if my heart wasn't racing, I would get worried and think something's wrong because I was so used to it beating fast all the time. Um, headaches, I would get a lot of hormonal kind of headaches and sometimes they could be really intense. Any kind of head sensations freak me out and I would get really, really uncomfortable head pressure and not just pressure, like the pressure alone is scary when it feels like your head feels, your head doesn't feel like it's part of your body, like your head feels completely separate, like it's its own thing. <laughs> that, sometimes I don't know how to describe things. Um, your head just feels tight, like it would feel like it's got this pressure and like it's, I would, I'll always tell you guys, like it feels like it's going to explode. So that feeling by itself is scary enough. And then on top of that, I would get pain. So that would freak me out. And I would always notice that the pain would be more intense. It would be weird kind of shooting pains as well. It would always be in the lead up to my period. But anxiety alone can cause this. So just keep that in mind. And you can deal with anxiety symptoms 24-7 as you guys 100% know if you've been with me for a while. Shortness of breath, another awful, awful freaking symptom. I had this just the other night because I made this this Indian meal that I used to always make. Um, don't ask me what it's called now, but it's with eggplants and a whole bunch of spices and it's it's delicious. It's really good. 
and usually when I make it I make it with like this um, yogurt dip now if you know me I don't like yogurt <laughs> like it's just it icks me out like I just don't I used to I went through a phase where I ate it and I got into coconut yogurt so that it was like dairy free right but it's just I don't know what happened it's just the consistency of it it just Ooh, like maybe I could throw it in a smoothie but it's just not really my thing not really at this time anyway um, but for some reason I'm able to have yogurt when I make this very specific yogurt dip that has cilantro and stuff in it um, and then I have it alongside this this Indian meal so I didn't go completely dairy-free I got a goat milk alternative um, usually I can have goat cheese and I'm okay. Um, I still do get some congestion and stuff though. Uh, your body is able to digest goat milk and like goat cheese and all that more than... Listen to me, completely tongue-tied right now. Your body is able to... It's the molecules are smaller in goat milk Um versus cow's milk so your body is better able to digest it especially if you tend to be lactose intolerant like i am so which means that i really shouldn't even be having goat milk but i am usually okay with goat cheese i get slightly congested but i thought to myself you know what it's fine i'll have goat yogurt and i had a lot of it um i think i can have it because i'm not having the yogurt by itself i'm like mixing it with a spicy meal it's not even that spicy but I'm mixing it with the meal and I had a lot of it and I went to bed and I could not fall asleep and I I honestly felt like I just could not breathe like I could not get a breath and I was super congested um and then obviously the conge like the congestion and the feeling like I can't breathe was making me more anxious and it took me ages to fall asleep and I kept and I know a lot of you guys do this too. I kept trying to yawn to feel like I could get a breath. This was a nightmare at school when this happened in class. And I would be trying to cover, like, hide the fact that I couldn't breathe. It was just awful. So horm hormonal changes can actually cause this. So I've gone into a whole thing now talking about my dairy situation and how that causes it. But... Anxiety, like obviously if you're congested, it can feel like you're struggling to breathe. But <clears throat> when I eat foods that I'm sensitive to, it also increases my anxiety. So it's like this really frustrating cycle. And then I actually woke up on Valentine's Day um, with... So this was the, the day after I had this meal. I woke up on Valentine's Day with an awful sinus headache like all the congestion in my face and around my eyes it was so awful and I haven't had that in ages so shortness of breath let's get back on track Tamron um shortness of breath is a big one it's it's something that a lot of people deal with every single day due to anxiety but you may notice that it intensifies and gets worse or if it's a symptom that you don't normally deal with you may notice a pop-up when you're about to get your period or while you're ovulating or any other hormonal changes so this is why i always say it's so important if you're noticing a new symptom pop up or you're noticing that you're more anxious than usual and it doesn't it just seems like it's kind of come out of nowhere it's very important to ask questions because often when we get curious and we say let me think 
what I've been doing differently or let me think, and this is obviously a big one because this is what this episode's about, let me think where I am in my cycle and maybe it will align with the symptoms I'm experiencing. And then on this list as well, I have nightmares, fogginess, forgetfulness. That's a big one as well. When you put a bunch of symptoms together, like the brain fog and the forgetfulness and the headaches, you the, your health anxiety then starts to come in. You know how it goes. And then you start thinking, is there something wrong with my brain? And then that becomes a spiral. And then because we're so stuck in the spiral and we're so worried all the time, that only intensifies the anxiety and the health anxiety and it's just this endless freaking loop. Now, another thing that I just wanted to mention here as well, um, I'm worrying that I'm leaving out some physical symptoms, but I want to just get into the mental side of things because the way that hormones can affect us mentally can be incredibly difficult to deal with. Um, you may notice that you really, really struggle to feel positive or motivated or excited. Um, it can cause bouts of severe depression. Um, I was told that due to the sev severity of my symptoms, I was told that I have um, PMDD, which is... So think about the symptoms that you think about when you're PMSing and you're about to get your period and all the symptoms that you're experiencing. So PMDD is the same thing, but it's like the it's like PMS on steroids. So it's PMS times it's kind of like me as a person. It's the emotions that I experience are like if I'm happy, I'm not just happy, I'm extremely happy. If I'm pissed off, I am fuming. Like it it's and this all comes down to my BPD, and I have another episode on that, but it's basically what you already experience times a million. <laughs> That's dramatic, but it's it's a lot more intense. So I really have, I really struggled with my moods before my period, and I was not a nice person to be around. Like, I'm just going to be honest, like, not a nice person to be around at all. Moody as hell, um depressed and so irritable I would get so angry I would be paranoid about things um it's 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 horrible it's so horrible because when you're not talking to anybody who is who experiences the same kind of symptoms you start to feel guilty about how you're acting and you start to think that you're going crazy and that you're losing your mind and that you're a bad person so if you experience extreme mood swings and awful depression and your mood just is this insane roller coaster honestly like i get it and i know and if you've never spoken to anyone in your life who gets it then here is the one person and that's me um, and i hope that that can bring you even just a tiny teeny little bit of comfort just knowing that you're not alone like you're not alone it's so easy i say that i always say say this but when i say you're not alone i'm saying it because even if you feel like there's no one in your life who gets it i'm here with you and i get it you're dealing with all of these physical symptoms and you just 
you just want some love and some care and you just need a freaking hug but then your moods just it feels like you're just pushing people away so i fully understand and that's why it's so important to try and just not judge yourself too harshly understanding that it's our hormones doing this that it's anxiety can be really helpful um i I just i love learning like i feel like we're always learning um it helps it helps us to better understand ourselves and when we can start to understand ourselves then it gets a little bit easier to start doing things that will help us manage whatever we're dealing with so i going way back now i was going to tell you guys about my experience when i went to the doctor when i was 17 Um, and then i kind of went off because i just wanted to explain some of the symptoms to you right so i went to the doctor at 17 and explained um you know that i'm dealing with really painful periods really heavy periods it's affecting my life it's like affecting my quality of life and it's not just during my period it's a good two weeks before and then and then your period ends and then you're so exhausted from such a severe period that you barely have time to recover before you're pmsing again so i explained all of this and i i really did have an amazing doctor um in south africa where i grew up he was he was he was such a good guy he was always so patient with me because I had horrible health anxiety and I was at the doctor a lot and he really helped me um, and he was always patient and he would explain things to me and you know he explained lymph nodes to me because I, I remember going in there freaking out one day about a lymph node I was barely um, functioning I, I was so panicked because I felt one in my neck and I was I was literally shaking and I said oh there's there's a lump like there's a lump in my neck um and he was extremely patient he would draw things and he was just such a great guy the the thing though is that he was a doctor so he is going to treat things from a doctor's perspective um versus a naturopathic doctor's perspective where they treat things from they they dig deeper and figure out the root causes, and then give nutritional advice. So doctors prescribe meds, okay? That's that's what they do. That's what they've learned. So when you went to the doctor, if you were struggling with your periods, a common thing that was prescribed was the pull, right? So I was prescribed the pull to help and see if that would kind of even out my hormones and help it's supposed to help with cramping it's supposed to help with um, bleeding it's just supposed to make them a lot lighter and easier to handle and i'm not going to get into the whole science of how the pull works and stuff now Um, that that is something that you can go look up and research um, yourself if you'd like to but going on the pull can help your period Um, the pull however it does have some side effects though and I wasn't really aware, like not everyone's going to experience side effects, but of course I did. <laughs> so I started taking, I, st- I started on the pull and it worked, I think it worked pretty fast where I, I think it, it did work quite quickly, but my periods were a lot better. Um, 
it can also help if you struggle with acne breakouts and stuff to clear up your skin um but very quick like very soon after taking it even though my period started to get better i felt sick a lot like i felt nauseous like sick to my stomach a lot um and that is one of the side effects because of all the hormones right so I tried so hard to just not say anything and ignore it, which is not, like, do not do that. If you have side effects, always talk to your doctor. But I didn't want to believe that it was the pill because it was helping the pain and everything. And I just, oh, I didn't, I just didn't want to deal with the pain anymore. Um, But it got to a point where I, I don't think I threw up, but I was... I was nauseous all the time. Like, it got to a point where I was sick and felt like I was going to throw up every single day. So, obviously, I, I had to say something. Like, I couldn't be taking something that's making me so sick. So, I was probably on it for about seven or eight months. And then I had to tell the doctor, like, look, I, nope, <laughs> it's making me really ill. And then he suggested this hormonal patch that you stick on your butt. (laughs) And apparently, like, so the hormones, the hormones go into your system through your skin. And apparently it could be less intense and it still has the same effect, but it's not as strong and it could be better. So I, I did that. And then... I got really, really sick from that. Like, I the, the, I was more nauseous than ever when I did that. And I think, and, and I don't remember, but if you're on the pull, you'll know this, and I, I don't remember, but you have to, if you're going to take it off, you have to take it off, or I mean, if you have the patch, not because you may not know this either, but... If you're going to take it, because I remember he told he told me this. He said, if you're going to take it off, you have to make sure that you take it off. Uh, I think when your period ends, like the last day of your period, like your period has to be over. Something like that. And I hope I hope this is right. I'm just trying to tell you what I remember. But I was so, it was making me feel so sick that I just ripped this thing off right in the middle of my period, which completely threw off my hormones and for two weeks, for two freaking weeks after that, I had my period. Um, and not a good one either. It was bad. It was heavy every single day. It was painful. It was a freaking nightmare. And I promised myself after that, I'm like, I am not taking the pill again. And I am not sticking this thing on my butt again. Like, I'm not doing it. Because um, that that was really, really bad. And you know, when you're really nauseous and sick, like you just want to throw up it's the worst freaking feeling and I just told myself you know what just deal with your periods figure out something else that feeling all the time is just not worth it so after this whole situation I don't have anything that exciting to report because at this point I just went back to dealing with my crazy periods and my mood swings And this went on for years, right into my 20s. And while every month was bad, there were some months that were, that would be like especially bad. And whenever I was stressed, I always noticed that stress had an effect and would make my periods a lot worse. And 
through like from the age of 18 and throughout most of my 20s till at least my mid 20s I dealt with a lot of stress a lot of personal stress in my life and those were my worst periods during that time so I can 100% say with certainty and like because I've experienced it that stress makes everything worse something else I want to just hop in here and talk about just in case it would help any of you guys we're already what like almost 45 minutes in here um so the rest of this episode is going to be kind of just what helped me and some things that I've learned but what I wanted to say here was another symptom um and we can look at this as a symptom for sure of struggling with um intense hormones and hormonal changes and imbalances as well is acne um that's something that I haven't really spoken about on my page but I should because stress and anxiety can lead to acne and for me because I was kind of late with everything I got my period late and then a lot of people dealt with acne breakouts and stuff I don't know between what 13 and 18 and then it cleared up I started dealing with acne at 18 and it wasn't just a few pimples it was full-blown freaking acne it was I have pictures somewhere like if I it's easy for me to just talk about it here and you think oh it couldn't have been that bad if I show you the pictures you will be shocked um I cried a lot I was very like self-conscious of my skin I would cover I had would put concealer over my whole face but you could still see bumps it was my skin was absolutely terrible and it was such a shock because my skin had been decent and I thought that I had come out of that phase well I thought that I hadn't endured that phase at all and I was so grateful and then at 18 it just hit me and I had acne everywhere like on my back on my chest on my neck and like my entire face it was awful it was painful it was embarrassing and like on top of everything it's so difficult to deal with something like that because it can really it can really put a dent in your self-esteem it actually was so bad that i went on um so in south africa it's called raw accutane and here it's called accutane which is honestly just a very high vitamin a dose so it's like it's vitamin a effectively that's what accutane is but it's extreme high doses so you have to go for a liver function test before you go on it and then you have to have a liver function test after because it can affect your liver and you're not allowed to you can't fall pregnant when you're on it because you you can have birth defects and there's all these side effects and whatever but like at this time I wasn't I wasn't who I am right now so I just I didn't care like I just put me on the damn stuff help my acne um so I actually went on Accutane I think you go on it just for six months or something is that right I don't know now um but I started taking it and I was still taking it when we got to Canada so when we got to Canada I still had like two boxes two rounds to go it completely got rid of my acne I had side effects though like I I had the joint pain came in again. I had such bad joint pain. And that it turns out that that was a big symptom for a lot of people. And it actually caused lifelong problems for some people, I think. Um, 
but it did clear up my acne. But here's the thing, it was the whole band-aid effect thing. So it cleared up my acne, but then once it was out of my system and I was back to like not taking care of the root causes that were actually causing the acne in the first place, it came like I started experiencing breakouts again. During the pandemic, um, I was dealing with a lot of personal stress. Of course, everybody was stressed due to the pandemic. Like we were all, everybody was dealing with so many horrible things. Um, personally, what I'm talking about is just personal stress in my life um, that I was dealing with was causing a lot of stress. And then I actually dealt with really bad acne again. Um, even beginning of last year, I think I, I had it really bad. And I have pictures on my phone. And if I'm brave enough, I'll share them. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I should just share them, honestly. But it was bad. Like, I'm not exaggerating when I say it's bad. It's really freaking bad. And I'm really grateful that right now, my skin my skin is the best it's been in ages right now. Um, and I really do believe it comes down to a lot of things that I'm doing. So, on saying that... Let's get into what has actually helped me with my periods. I just want to say here though that I don't want to sit here and pretend that I have the best periods now because I have healed myself and it's perfect. It's an ongoing process for me. I'm always learning and I'm always open to learning about new things. Um, the periods that I have now compared to 10 plus years ago are completely different though um, my periods used to be absolutely severe now they are a lot more manageable however stress is the big thing for me like if I am really really stressed I have horrible periods still like it, it wasn't that long ago a few months ago where I had some really intense periods again so I don't want to sit here and act like it's perfect like stress is the number one thing and it's easy to say manage your stress levels just do this do that but i think just focus on the little things each day like the little little things that you can do and a big one is the foods that you eat so everything that we eat has an impact on our bodies and on our stress levels if you're eating a lot of and and the thing here is so my period started to get better and more manageable right when I was starting to delve into my anxiety research and I was finding things that were helping me manage my anxiety. That's when my period started getting better and that's when I started to kind of put two and two together. Um, I don't know if you heard that click. My, my joints just click sometimes. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Sometimes I walk in my knee and I've had this since a teenager. Like this is just... Like, I'm a very clicky person, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I just stretched out and I just heard in my arm. I don't know if, it, if the mic picked it up, but it was during the time that I was delving into my anxiety research and finding ways to manage my anxiety. The minute I started to do all these things to manage my anxiety, I noticed that my periods got better. So I realized that, and it makes sense because... When you start reducing inflammation in your body, the intensity of your anxiety symptoms go down and so do your hormonal symptoms. It sounds windy as heck or something is going on outside. I'm not sure if that's the wind. 
it's so dark especially because when it snows and i look outside my window it's so bright and light and now the snow has all melted and it's it's kind of creepy and eerie um anyway let's let's get back let's not let's not uh, go off on a whole other thing here so as i was saying when i started to manage inflammation in my body that's when everything started to get better um so i would say the number one thing are the foods that you're eating um i was eating a lot of takeouts i was eating processed foods i was eating so any processed foods increase inflammation like those takeouts like the the fatty fried foods the bad oils um the lots of sugar dairy uh if you have food sensitivities, it makes everything even worse. So I actually uh, am gluten intolerant and dairy and lactose intolerant. And I didn't know it. I mean, it, it should have been pretty obvious because every single time I ate dairy, I was like congested. Uh, but I just thought I'm sensitive. I didn't realize I'm like actually lactose intolerant. But even though I'm lactose intolerant, I still love pizza. And I make excuses for myself because I find that if I eat pizza with the mozzarella cheese, I'm okay. But if I if I eat different other kinds of cheeses or if I eat, um, if I have full cream dairy, like that always affects me. Um, so I've kind of learned what kind of dairy I can eat because <laughs> I, I do I do love pizza. Um, who doesn't love pizza, right? Uh, but if you have food sensitivities it will cause symptoms and a good way to do this is keep a food journal and just pay attention to how you feel after eating certain foods um often if you have a food sensitivity your heart rate will increase but this is tricky though because i feel like if you're anxious your heart is racing all the time anyway and then if you're going to go check it it's probably going to race because you're going to be anxious so i would say just go more based on how you feel um, some foods you can notice instant symptoms like for me with dairy I will be con- I will get congested while I'm busy eating it uh, but then there's other symptoms that can come up a few days later so for me with dairy it makes me very tired and it makes me almost irritable and moody but that I only notice a few days later but then while I'm eating it I get very congested um, gluten is something that when I was doing my anxiety research and I was learning about all the possible things that could be increasing inflammation and, and triggering and intensifying anxiety symptoms, um, apart from sugar, which is a big one, um, if you start cutting out sugar, you, you, you will start to reduce inflammation in your body. Um, sugar is very inflammatory and it's in pretty much everything. And I will tell you that when you start cutting out sugar, you are going to be moody and tired, like really freaking moody and tired. Um, But once it's out of your system, you feel so much better. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't eat sugar because I do, but I try and not have processed sugars and I try to limit limit it as much as I as I can now. Um, but if you cut out sugar, you cut back on sugar. Cause I promise you when I cut out sugar and now I've gone off on sugar when I was talking about gluten, but we'll, we'll get back there when I cut out sugar. So I used to live right opposite Costco and 
it I mean I could literally walk across the street and I was at Costco but my anxiety was so bad at the time I was having such severe panic attacks I would walk out of my front door and I was already starting to have a panic attack by the time I was outside I could barely breathe but if I needed to get food and stuff I mean there wasn't like Instacart available at the time I had to go and I had to I just had to do it like I had to go to Costco I had to get what what I needed to get and like I just had to do it so as I got there like the first thing that I was looking for was a shopping cart because that was immediately going to be my safety um Costco is is a hard it's, it's tricky if you're anxious because it's so big um if you're right in the middle of Costco you can't just run out like you have to try and get to the exit it's 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 scary so my point is during this time I was having a lot of panic attacks like the panic attacks were absolutely terrible like I I did not want to go anywhere and I would I've had the amount of panic attacks I've had in Costco I swear like it's just unreal <laughs> um I laugh but it it's awful it is awful when you're going through it um so I remember so I was still living in this apartment that was right across from Costco when I was doing my anxiety research and learning about sugar and the effects on your body and all of that and I ended up cutting it out and then I remember going to Costco and like not having those intense symptoms that would always come up and then I remember having it again because I was feeling bitter so I thought I think I had like an ice cream because you know Costco has the food section and they have like hot dogs and ice creams and really good things and I had an ice cream I remember and then a few days later I went out again and I had all my panic symptoms come back like the shakiness and and the dizziness the dizziness was always a big one the racing heart the, the desperate need to try to get out of there and because I was because I was experimenting with all these different things it was exciting because even though I felt awful I could I could actually pinpoint it to sugar and be like, you know what? I was feeling a lot better. I had sugar two days ago. Now I'm suddenly having these symptoms again. I think it's the sugar. So that was exciting because usually I would have panic attacks and go home and just feel like a complete failure and just just I would just climb back into bed and I would not want to face the rest of the day. So it was really exciting to understand where it could be coming from so food was my biggest thing whenever someone asked me like food was my biggest thing there's many different things that can contribute to anxiety and you can dig deeper and trauma and all of these things and yes I definitely had all of that but starting with your food is massive because once you start to have less inflammation going on and your food is just kind of doing the work for you like helping you to like it's filling you up with all the nutrients that you need, it's cutting down inflammation, it's reducing your cortisol levels, it's helping you just feel more stable and more at ease, it becomes easier to tackle all of the other things that could be contributing. And then as I, as I was saying earlier, gluten was a big one as well, and I didn't realize until I cut it out. I was eating bread every day, like just regular gluten and I did not realize. So the withdrawal from gluten was awful. I felt sick. I felt like honestly nauseous again, um, tired, moody. The fatigue was really bad though. Like I could, I could barely function. Um, I'm trying to think what other symptoms I had now because now when I'm sitting down to actually think about it, 
I feel like I need to do a post on this, but I had a lot of really nasty symptoms, and a big one was just feeling really sick. Um, the withdrawal from gluten is terrible. Brain fog is a big one. Headaches. Headaches is a huge one. Um, and I'm remembering this because I had gluten recently. Um, I never have it, but I ended up having it. I had these spring rolls that were made with gluten wrappers, and I was just told myself that it's not gluten, it's rice. It's like a rice wrapper, but it, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. It was gluten. And the whole if you if you keep up with me on Instagram, I shared a whole thing on my stories. Like every day, I was like telling you guys all my symptoms, and I still feel like it's kind of coming out of me now. Um, but I'm feeling a lot better. But it just reminded me again of how my body does not like gluten. I'm all for balance and moderation and treating yourself every now and again. Absolutely. Like, I'm not a person that believes in restricting yourself. Which is why I'll treat myself to sugar treats and I'll have um, dairy. But gluten is something that I always say, it's just not worth it. Like, the withdrawal from gluten is just not worth it for me. So, going back here, the, the first thing that I would say to manage periods, hormones, anxiety is to look at the foods that you're eating. Um, everything that you eat has an impact on the internal state of your body, um, which then obviously is reflected in the outside, right? So pay attention to what you're eating. Like, have a look. Like, do you, do you have a cupboard full of stuff that's in boxes and you read the ingredients and it's these weird freaking names and you don't even know what they are because those are chemicals, Um there's this documentary that I watched years ago, and it's called Food Matters, I think, and that documentary just, like, completely opened my eyes. Uh, I actually went through a period for years, and I talk about this in my first book, um, where I cut out meat completely. Um, I just thought meat was really, really bad. And I cut it out completely, and I would just had I just had fish, and I'm actually busy updating my first book, um, just to update the food section because obviously we evolve and change as the years go by. So I am eating meat again, but I'm only eating if I'm eating beef. It's grass-fed beef, and it's like it's like healthy. Like I want to say organic dairy, but I'm trying to not eat dairy. Um, but I'm I'm sticking to the healthy, the healthier options, okay? Um, and I'm going to be updating my first book to include that. So if you have it, um, you'll see those updates in there. But the foods that you eat are just, it's the number one thing. Like if, even if I just end this podcast right here, like I feel like this, this is, this is all you need to know. Just pay attention to what you're eating make sure you're not drinking sugar-loaded sodas every day that you're staying hydrated that you're drinking tea that you're limiting caffeine and it's not even that it's it's because we're all different like you may have caffeine and be fine it's really a case of paying attention to your body and what works for you so become more like intuitive eating pay attention to how you feel constantly um, pay attention to how you feel the hour after eating something, the, a few minutes after eating something, and the days after eating something, pay attention. 
this is where a food journal can come in really handy and it will help you to kind of unearth if you have food sensitivities or, or which foods are especially inflammatory for you. If you want to go deeper, um, you can go see a naturopathic doctor because they can do a bunch of tests and see. But just kind of doing it on your own with just a food journal initially can already help you. And, and if you did go to a naturopathic doctor, you could take the food journal with you and kind of show them what you've discovered already by yourself. So something that I wanted to say here was, if you are on the pill, um, so the pill can, it, it depletes certain um, vitamins and minerals. And some of those that I believe it depletes is uh, some of the B vitamins. So you need to make sure that you're supplementing with these. So it would be good, and you can get them through your food, but I would recommend a supplement just to make sure that you're getting a decent dose. So I would look for a high-dose B complex. Um, it also depletes vitamin C. So I would look for um, a vitamin C supplement. A thousand milligrams is good. I take at least a thousand milligrams a day. Um, and then what is there? And then magnesium. It actually depletes magnesium. And magnesium is my top supplement for pretty much everything. And it is also very helpful for reducing inflammation in the body. So definitely definitely look into adding magnesium into your diet and i mean guys I've, i talk about this all the time you're so bored of hearing it i'll include links in the caption um, if you're wondering what vitamin c what b complex what magnesium i recommend but those are three that i i do know are very important if you have very heavy periods um it would be it is a good idea to always check your iron levels um i did have low iron at one point I was prescribed um, medication. It was this li like liquid iron, and it was absolutely disgusting. It tasted awful. My God, it tasted so bad. Um, and I, I would be gagging to try to get it down. And I actually experienced side effects, but now I don't remember what those side effects were. But I did experience side effects and had to go off it. So I like to supplement it with it in my diet. But you can have your iron levels checked if you're worried that they're low, um, this is where B12 is very important. Um, I've always supplemented with a separate B12 supplement, but if you're getting a high dose B complex, um, just make sure that the B12 is quite high in there um, because B12 helps to produce red blood cells, which helps with, to raise your iron levels. So that's a very important one. I've actually got like a list here of stuff because I don't want to leave anything out. So if you want to try and get B12 in through your food like you want to increase your b12 through your food nutritional yeast is a really good way to do it nutritional yeast is used to um it's like cheesy flakes but it's not real cheese it's got like a cheesy taste and it's actually used to make um, a lot of vegan cheese sauces and things it's it's really good um, you can sprinkle it right over your food or you can make a cheese sauce out of it i will just literally sprinkle it over top like on top of savory foods um, that is an incredibly good source of B12, one of the best, so that's definitely something to look at. Um, eggs, beef, liver, and chicken, uh, citrus fruits, dark leafy greens, salmon, um, whole grains like brown rice, fish and shellfish, sweet, I have sweet potato written here, <laughs> always write sweet potatoes, not sweet potato. Um, and then... Uh, Lentils are a good plant-based iron source as well. 
Um, I feel less worried about my iron levels now just because I am eating meat again. Um, I do have posts and I do talk about, I do talk about like plant-based um, options in my first book though. Um, it's very important that you are making sure that you're eating a lot of those plant-based sources if you don't eat meat to make sure that your iron levels are okay. But a B12 supplement can be very helpful and then an iron supplement too. Um, you can get a plant-based iron supplement which is gentler in the stomach I believe and has less side effects. If stress is really what's contributing to hormonal issues for you then adaptogens are something I would recommend. Um, I talk a lot about adaptogens in my A to Z book but adaptogens are effectively they specific or like a select group of herbs and mushrooms that help your body to handle stress. Um, they basically stored in your body and then when your cortisol levels go up that's when they come out and they kind of counteract the effects of the stress and there's a whole bunch of different ones and some of them are more for helping you that are better to take in the morning because they help you to focus and increase your stamina and things and others are better at night so like reishi mushroom is a better option for nighttime for example um, again, I'll include in the caption a nighttime blend that I really like that has lemon balm and all of that in it that's really good for, and turmeric because turmeric is a, turmeric is an adaptogen as well, it's a spice, and I love to, love to make a golden milk, so that's usually how I'll, I'll get in turmeric or you can add it to savory foods, but a golden milk is very good before bed because turmeric can actually help to improve sleep quality. It's very good for stress and inflammation as well. Remember, we always want to be reducing inflammation. And then as I mentioned before, magnesium is excellent for reducing inflammation. It's good for sleep. It's good. It's a natural muscle relaxant. And it can also help to balance your hormones, actually. So magnesium is an all-rounder. It does it all, right? So red raspberry tea was something that a lot of people were telling me about. Um, it's very good to have to replace nutrients lost um, through blood loss. So it's something that I would drink while I'm bleeding. And it's good, but it's good. I know it's good to drink in the lead up to your period too. Um, I found that if my cramps weren't severe, like maybe by day three or four when it's calming down, if I made a cup of red raspberry tea, it would actually help to reduce the, the mild cramps, like the milder cramps. So if you don't get severe pain, um, or maybe you take painkillers that don't fully get rid of the pain and then you're looking for something to kind of take down, like just bring down those last lingering pains, then you could try red raspberry because I did find that it helps. It's supposed to relax your uterus, which means obviously less cramps and it's packed in B vitamins and magnesium, which I love. A lot of people have told me that ginger very high doses of ginger are very good for cramps. This is something that I'm still kind of digging into myself. Um, I did buy myself ginger tea and was making it every single day. And I actually just bought a whole bunch of fresh ginger that I'm just going to add to warm water. Now that I'm talking to you guys, I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? I need to start adding that to my warm lemon water in the morning. So I'm probably going to do that tomorrow. But people have told me because I've never given it a proper try. But that may be something that could be very helpful. So I just wanted to share things that I've heard as well. So ginger is supposed to be really helpful. Chamomile. Um, I feel like somebody told me 
that was my stomach. I don't. I, I'm always like wondering what the mic is picking up here because I can hear everything, but I don't know if you guys can. <laughs> um. So we've been talking for ages, guys. It's after eleven now. Um, where am I even? I'm. 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 It's almost bedtime for me. Uh, what? What am I like? Honestly, okay, chamomile. Somebody told me, or I think you say chamomile here or something, but I've always said chamomile. Uh, I think very high do- like big amounts of chamomile can really help as well. I've had it personally when I have my period, and it doesn't make a massive difference. Like I always resort to Advil, and I don't like taking painkillers because I'm just like a lot of you guys I have those health anxiety fears where I'm worried that I'm going to get side effects even though I've taken Advil many many times so that personally hasn't helped me for cramps maybe I haven't done it right and if any of you guys have tried anything with chamomile let me know I'd love to know um but I do love chamomile tea like I just love drinking it I have a blend with lavender that I just got recently again I stocked up and it's so good it's so soothing so this is already over an hour long and I don't want to I always am like aware of I don't want to bombard you with information and something that I should have said at the be right at the beginning of this is to keep a pen like a notebook and pen handy so that you can write everything down as we go but so I have my little book here and I'm going to read a few more things to you I am going to include Because I do tend to jumble things up when I'm talking and sometimes forget things. So I'm going to include everything in the caption for you. And I am also considering, not considering, I actually started it a while back. But I am determined to actually get working on it again. Is I was considering putting all of this in like a mini little ebook for you. Absolutely everything which would be everything that we've discussed here and probably more because I'm definitely leaving stuff out Um, and then I just wanted to so exercise is obviously very good to lower cortisol levels which are stress hormones so it's easy to say exercise but I mean if you're anxious all month and if you deal with heavy periods I mean when I see girls playing sports and stuff with their periods I am I mean, not that I'm a sporty person, but oh man, I'm jealous that they can be jumping around because I would love to jump around too. <laughs> um, but exercise really can be very helpful. So I actually wrote this article for this company. Um, I take their magnesium, they're called Orange Naturals. And so that's some, that's that's my, my old life, by the way. I used to write nutrition and skincare articles because I was an esthetician and I studied nutrition so I used to write nutrition and skincare articles for companies online for their blog and I actually wrote an article for Orange Naturals talking about the different times of the month I'm going to try and find the link to that so I can link that in the caption for you to go read but at different times of the month you need to be doing different activities and eating different foods because at every phase in your cycle, you, you, for example, as your period ends, that's when you're going to be feeling, that's when your energy is going to start coming back and you're going to have more stamina and you're going to be able to do more intense workouts compared to when you're about to get your period or you're on your period when your stamina is going to be all the way down. So that was a very interesting article for me to write. Um, 
there was a lot of stuff that I knew and then I obviously had to do a lot of research as well. So I learned a lot writing that article. So I'm going to try and find it and link it for you. But it just kind of shows you the foods that you should be eating at specific times of the month, the type of exercises you should be doing, what's happening at each phase of your cycle. So exercise is very helpful, but it's it's going to do more harm than good if you're not doing the right exercises for that time of the month. Like going hardcore in something when you're forcing your body and you're feeling really tired and you don't have that energy that that can just make you feel worse because sometimes we're really hard on ourselves like we have to do this i have to do this hard ass exercise but we're not feeling it and then it can actually put strain on our body and it can intensify symptoms so i'm going to link that for you um and then i have another thing here oh i have warm water with warm water with warm Warm water with a squeeze of lemon and a little bit of apple cider vinegar can help to curb sugar cravings because obviously, you know how we crave sugar and we crave snacking and I allow myself to snack, but if I'm going to over snack and overindulge and have too much sugar, I end up feeling worse. So finding ways to curb sugar cravings can really help so the warm water with lemon a little bit of apple cider vinegar is one of my favorite ones um adding some protein with every meal this is something that is still a challenge for me like i i love oatmeal for breakfast and then i have berries in there and i have dark chocolate and i have coconut and that's my favorite meal but i'm not getting in a lot of protein so i've been trying to be more mindful lately to add some protein even if it's adding some boiled eggs like with my oatmeal i haven't been that good at it i'll be honest but i'm trying (laughs) and then another way to curb sugar cravings is to have a lot of healthy fats and then some examples are fatty fish sardines i love sardines and i know so many people hate it because it's such a fishy fish or like it's you (laughs) fishy fish but you know what i mean like some fish just are kind of neutral they don't have a fishy smell I love sardines. I can eat a can like that, which I know is so disgusting for some people. For the majority of you guys listening, I bet you're like, yo, that's gross. Um, so, uh, anchovies, salmon, chia seeds. I love a good chia pudding. Like, look up how to make a good chia pudding. Uh, flaxseed, avocado, eggs um i used to take this um omega-3 supplement by a company called nordic naturals um which was a very good one so if you can look into that if you want to take it as a supplement and then i can't believe that i didn't mention this one first i mentioned it right at the beginning of this episode but evening primrose oil has been has made a massive change for me um and i and i really do realize the change it's made just from like that that was my uh, like do you hear these little noises that happen while i'm talking to you guys <laughs> i feel like i have to explain myself like that's not me that's just my book um evening primrose oil has helped me a lot and like i said it's because i stopped taking it so i realized what a difference it made so what i have here is that it's very good especially for bloating headaches and breast tenderness bloating why did i say it like that bloating it's especially good for bloating headaches and breast tenderness my boobs sometimes get so freaking sore like especially my nipples (laughs) um but it's funny because i have actually noticed that i haven't been experiencing that so 
it definitely is making a difference. Um, and another thing I have to tell you guys is like cramps. I I usually the build up to my period, the cramps start, and the cramps go for hours before there's even any blood. Since taking evening primrose oil, the cramps only really start when I start my period, which is like, whoa, hold up. But seriously, and the pain has been a lot more manageable. Um, by day two, I'm pretty much good. And even the pain that I get on the first day is not unbearable. And if I do have to take Advil, well, that's, I usually do have to. When I take Advil, it works a lot faster. Like I'm not in that agonizing pain. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen if I actually really stick to it this time and take it over a much longer period of time. Um, because the longer you take it, the more effective it is. So I will keep you guys updated on that. But I highly recommend evening primrose oil. I think that I'm going to put everything that I'm talking about in a little document. Put a link that will lead you just to that page where you'll see everything, including the dosages that I recommend. So... Managing your sleep is a big one too because lack of sleep makes everything worse. But if you're eating right, if you're exercising, if you like finding ways to manage your stress and honestly just moving your body and eating right alone will already help to drastically reduce stress hormones in your body. Um, and, and this is what I always say, like once the stress, once, your, once inflammation comes down and once stress hormones come down, it becomes easier to do other things and you feel more motivated suddenly to get outside or to do these other things because you're not feeling so anxious all the time. You're not feeling so exhausted all the time. So starting with your food is a really good place to start. Um, for sleep, magnesium, I take 400 milligrams every single night. Still now I do. Um, lemon balm is one of my favorite herbs. It's a good tea to have a few hours before bed. Um... That Organifi blend, that gold blend that I'm going to include there for you guys, has lemon balm in it. So I, I really do like that. And it tastes good. Like, I'm super picky, but it tastes really good. Uh, what else can I tell you? If I think of anything else, I will include it for you guys. But like I said, I am working on a little mini book for you where I will include a lot more stuff. And it will be easier because everything will be laid out in front of you. Um, but last but not least, I would recommend a deep breathing ritual, a daily deep breathing ritual. And let me tell you, when I started deep breathing every day, it did not really, like, I, I rolled my eyes a lot and was like, oh, this is so annoying, this is not working, oh, deep breathing, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when I started yoga and I really started, and, and this is another thing, like when I started yoga and was trying to do deep breathing, it felt really difficult. It felt like I couldn't breathe properly. It felt like I was still short of air and because my breathing for so long had been so shallow that it became, it, it really, I had to completely change the way that I was breathing on a daily basis because automatically I was just, not ever taking deep breaths and when you're not breathing properly it makes everything worse it makes all the symptoms worse especially dizziness um, and chest pressure like you know that awful pressure in your chest because you're not breathing into your belly you're breathing into your chest so changing how I was breathing and this is this is a daily habit that it's something you have to do every single day until it just becomes an automatic thing like that's just how you start to train your brain and your body and it just becomes automatic.
Start with one minute as you wake up in the morning. Start with two minutes at night. Start with like whatever works for you, but just start somewhere. Like we just have to start somewhere. And yoga, I always talk about yoga just because that's a way that really helped me with my breathing. But we are all different and it may be something different for you. But start somewhere. I'm just simply becoming more aware. And as you go through your day, suddenly having that awareness pop in and realizing, oh, I need to focus on my breathing. And then just really consciously taking slow, deep breaths into your belly. Um, Sometimes it helps to just breathe through your nose. If you find that breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth feels weird. And then alternate nostril breathing is a technique that I love as well that I'll include for you guys. But once you get into it and don't be discouraged if it starts out feeling weird af okay if it starts out feeling weird just keep up with it and eventually it will start to get easier usually if if we are used to something for so long when we try to change it it is hard initially but eventually it gets easier i hope that you're not feeling too overwhelmed with what like an hour and 20 minutes now <laughs> of stuff um i knew this was going to be a long episode and that's why i've taken so long to actually sit down because i'm so terrified that i'm always so scared that i'm not going to give all the proper information i'm going to leave stuff out and i'm sure once i get up from here i'm going to go think about this and think about other things i could have included but these are the main things that have been helping me and like i like i said earlier like changing your food alone is massive so even if you ended it there like just starting there is huge um i really hope that you've taken something from this and that you've learned something um i hope that you have a notebook with little notes everywhere um remember i'm just like giving you what's worked for me but you can take my information and you can tailor it to your own needs and experiment by yourself and if you find things that work for you that are amazing like let me know share it with me and i'll share it on my story so we can all um, learn from each other i am going to it's almost midnight so i am going to go and do my little skincare routine right now and make myself some hot chocolate and get into bed with my book which is my favorite time of the day um It was so nice to end my evening here with you guys and having a chat with you. Thank you for just always listening to me and for being here. I've had had some of you guys message me and you've been asking me, like, when's the next episode coming out? And you've been so patient and I am sorry that it's taken so long, but I hope it was worth it. I hope, I really, really hope that you're able to use the information that I've shared and that even one thing that I've shared will help you. I should do a post where we can share our hormone stories. Um, share Because I've just shared so like, much with you guys about when I started my period and my experiences and things. It would be interesting to hear from you guys too. Um, so maybe I'll do a post and we can all share um, our, own, our own stories because I love hearing from you guys. Um, my brain at this point is just saying you got to get ready for bed so I am going to say good night or good morning or good afternoon wherever you 
are in the world and whenever you may be listening to this, I promise you that I am going to try my very best to make this a regular thing this year. We're still early in the year, so I still have time to turn it around and actually make it a, a weekly thing because that's what I want. That's that's the goal. Um, of course, not every episode is going to be this long. I tend to take my time when it's going to be a long one because, like I said, I, I want to make sure that you have all the information. Um, but maybe next week we just do one of our classic symptoms episodes and it just make it a shorter one. But the point is that you'll be hearing from me again, you know? So it's not, it's not just like a once in a blue moon kind of thing because, you know, we want to hang out more often than that. Okay, guys, I'm about to go off on another ramble if I, I honestly don't say goodnight. So I hope you have a great evening and a great sleep or a great day or a great afternoon. And I will talk to you very soon. Good night.